Hello. Um, <laughs> I've gotten a little out of practice of recording after Sadna the last week, but I've kept up with Sadna. So there's at least one commitment that I have been consistent with. It's been 28 days. No, 30, I think. Yes, 30 days of sadhana. Um, hmm, so I think I'll give a little recap. Um, and first I'll say that um, we had our second well, our first online weekend of uh, Kundalini yoga teacher training just wrapped up. So it's been two full days of Kundalini um, in some way or another. You know, not like consistent practice um, throughout the day, but learning about the technology, the history. Um, this weekend, we, well, today, no, it was yesterday, we talked about death, and, uh, well, death was a big one, uh, and lifetimes, consciousness, the yugas, and what cycle we're in right now and how kundalini yoga prepares us um, as a technology that we need for the Aquarian age, which is this age of consciousness. We are moving out of an age of information. Information is everywhere. You know, you can Google it. And, and there's so much information everywhere that what's real right? And, and how do you parse it? And how do we not be overwhelmed by it? And how do we, how do we attune our nervous systems to be capable of, um, of holding all of this and creating, uh, and evolving into the next, the next level of what we're here to be and that, ugh, I mean, it's just like the whole, all of it brought a lot up for me in a way that's like, I've always known that this in some ways my path and I've been very scared of it. And untrusting of it and felt uncertain of it mm, crazy even for some of like the thoughts that come to me and the ways that I see things that are just so uh, not quote unquote normal you know, I think that we, 
what's normal is just so fucked up. I was just going to be honest. Like, I think it's fucked up. I think that we try to shove ourselves into these ridiculous boxes of you behave this way and this is safe to express and this is not. And if you start speaking about these other things, we're going to lock you up because you're crazy and it doesn't fit into what is known. It's just so... It's doing our entire world a disservice and so much of it is rooted in science and Western medicine and it just like, don't get me wrong, I think science is amazing. I think there's so much discovery there. There's so much knowledge And then it becomes limited by the fact that, well, we need science to prove it. And if you don't fit into this or you start talking about things that science doesn't understand yet, then that's not okay. It's not trustable. And like I said this before, everything was already here before science decided that it was something. So science is just fucking limited. Okay fucking limited. Okay. Um, but that's, that's not what this is about. (laughs) Um, this is about how beyond science this is, how, how far back even like what scientists are just now coming into discovery, like ancient yogis knew. Same could be said, I think, for a lot of ancient civilizations. And we don't even understand what they knew. And science doesn't take their knowledge, which, which is based in research and experience and observation, um, into account because it wasn't there to see it. So, okay. I'm going to shift gears now because I don't really want to make this a long podcast all about that. Um, I feel like I'm in the right place with all of these things and sharing my sadness experience is what this is meant to be about. So, this last week, uh, mm, I decided to uh, do some life things that I knew would be uh, like potentially throw a wrench into my sadhana practice. And so there's a, a music festival that I for the last six years, I think, have went to on my birthday weekend. And I decided this year I wasn't going to go. And then I was like, ah, I really want to dance, but like, I must stick to sadhana. And so I decided, you know, I can do both if I want to. Um, as the saying, like, um, there's a way through every block. Yogi Bhajan saying, and it's like, yeah, there's a way through that. Like, it's not like, oh, I can't go because I have to do sadhana. Um, and it, it actually wasn't even that. Like, it was that I want, 
I am devoted to this for myself. And so like that is the most important thing. How do I keep that the most important thing? Um, and not going seem the like, you know, the obvious answer. I was like, well, but I also want to dance. So how do I keep that the most important thing and go and do that? So I got a hotel room and I kind of feel like Maybe I've recorded about this already, having a serious moment of deja vu, but I'm just going to keep going anyway. So I got a hotel room. I did it in the morning. I drove out to the party. GPS took me to the wrong place. I had (laughs) a crazy adventure and it was perfect. It was so perfect. Uh, and I went and I danced and I ended up camping for a night, which meant sauna didn't happen in the morning, meaning it needed to happen in the evening and that was okay. But the whole week kind of got like, kind of thrown off for that reason, because I transitioned into a new place. I'm subletting an apartment in San Diego and Um, I actually had to move from Airbnb to that place like the day after the party. And it was just kind of like a whole thing because I was tired and I was behind on Sadna, you know, and like, and I noticed that like not doing Sadna in the morning makes like, I just feel it. My day is different and yeah. Okay. So I like had quite an adventure and that was part of it too, but Later in the week, I went to visit a friend's place um, and check it out uh, because I'm, I'm actually cat sitting right now. Uh, so to check it out um, to potentially rent a room, but then he needed a cat sitter. So here I am. But um, the road in and out is like miles of dirt road. So um, the night that I visited it was dark and I was like, I just like, I'm tired. I don't think I can drive that road. So I stayed on the couch and again, like I woke up early and I went home. Um, and I did sauna like I do, I think I did it midday, but it's just different. It just, ugh, there was everything off. <laughs> and and tells me a lot about myself um so that's been what's going on and so I just I've really noticed the value of it I also had some body work done I've started a heller work series which is like structural integration or rolfing and after that session first session I noticed a difference in my breath and in the openness in my chest and the ease of sitting in easy pose. And I don't know that I would have had as profound an experience of noticing those shifts in my body if I didn't have this physical practice. And it's not just like a physical practice of, of yoga where like, Oh, I do yoga every morning, but it might be different. Like this sadhana, this kriya, uh, is the same thing 
for 40 days. So it's like a really, it's been a really steady mirror. And I appreciate that. Oh, hmm, what else? I don't know. I think maybe that's, that's it for Sadna. I am here for the last night cat sitting and oh the cat one of the cats there's two of them one of them really likes sadna um (laughs) loves the sheepskin she's over on it right now actually and uh in the morning she she gets a little fussy and then calms down and will just like rest at my feet until i do um breath of fire she's not a big fan (laughs) it's really cute and I will miss uh that companionship for Sadna um after a a practice in our training did another Kriya and my hands were just like whew like radiating energy so much had moved through I mean, it was just this, we were holding our hands out, and I don't even know if there was emotion associated with it. Maybe there was, but I could just feel it buzzing through my body, my my energy, the electromagnetic field, and um, our teacher suggested that, like, if we're in a home with, like, a loved one or pet, like, go and put our hands on them, and, like you know, let them feel that energy and see how they respond. And so one of the cats was passed out on the couch and I, in the sunshine, I went up and put my, my hands on her side and one on her head. And she just like leaned into me heavy and then just started rubbing herself. And it was, it was so sweet. Um, and so, um, uh, poignant, I, I suppose might be the right word of noticing how that energy through simple breath work, a movement and some sound move through my body in that way and then transmitted to another human being. And this is part of what I mean of like the stuff that <laughs> is in this practice that seems a little, you know, can seem out there, I guess. I mean, this is like minor compared to, I think, some of it. But um, that we have this this power inside of us and that that is that energy that comes out is actually can be really healing to another system. I mean, that's that's pranic energy healing it's like reiki um and it's it's not given much credit in our mainstream um it really takes i think having an experience of it to get it um That's something that in Vipassana, 
I remember was really driven home is that wisdom is through experience or like the only true knowledge comes through experience through feeling it in the body through through knowing it in ourselves and um that like if you look at kundalini yoga (laughs) it just looks weird sometimes they're like why do they wear all this white and there's these coverings on their head and seems kind of cult-like but when you experience it you get it and it doesn't you know those things then become choices that you do because it's an experience that we value so it's just that a lot of people most people I think um, and, and that's, you know, more people are waking up. Oh, there's a cat. Um, but like you could look at all the sports teams out there be like, that's a cult, <laughs> right? But people kind of get it because like, it's, it's like, it's such a more mm, basic level of consciousness it really operates at this more tribal level um rather than this other more like internal subtle energy level and um it i i do think i think we can all like where we're at right now most of us can understand that that sports like team community level even me whoa hey cat that was some parkour um (laughs) she's she's like not built for parkour i know i'm sorry um uh She's a chonker. I love it. Um, So, like, I'm not a sports person, but I get it. Like, that feeling of, like, being with people and you believe in something. And there's just something to cheer for. And there's just, like, this commonality. But then this experience is amplified by being in a group that's experiencing it. However it's experienced internally and it's very individual and it's subtle. Um, so it's not, I don't know. It's more refined. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how to explain it, but if you're curious, check it out. Uh, because I can explain it till I'm blue in the face and it doesn't matter because you won't get it until you feel it. So that went a little beyond the sadna update. Um, but that's okay. Cause it's my podcast and I'll talk about what I wanna and I'll publish it when I wanna. <laughs> but I I'm gonna do that soon. So, um, yeah, 
tuning out for day 30 and I guess I covered like a whole week here. Um, and so 10 more days to go. They say they like the teachers, um, that this is the, this is the tricky part. This is where life, our ego wants to like sabotage we're really tested. Often people just space and forget a day or um, their body like gets sick or injured that like seemingly prevents them from finishing and, and maybe maybe like truly really prevents them from finishing the four, full 40 days. And so I, you know, I feel very committed and very devoted to finishing these last 10 days strong. I feel like the things that came up in life for me were, were like this last week. Um, but you know, I don't know. I don't know what life has in store. I don't have a crystal ball and, um, predicting the future or trying to control it takes a whole lot of energy that I am just not willing to expend anymore. So one day at a time, one sadhana at a time. Okay. Until next time, lots of love.